Hello, and welcome to the Totally Clinical podcast, brought to you by TechRo. Totally Clinical is a deep dive into the freshest trends, big time challenges, and most excellent triumphs of clinical trials. I'm Hannah, your host. Join me as I chat with industry experts, trailblazers, thought leaders, and most importantly, the people benefiting from clinical research. So tune in, settle back, and don't touch that dial. It's time to get totally clinical. This week, Steph Anderson, Chief People Officer at Meridian Clinical Research, joins me on the podcast. You may recall that last month, Nikki Osborne, the CEO of Meridian, joined me to discuss the company's rather unique culture. Well, this week, Steph is here to expand on that discussion, to talk about the company's diversity initiative and the vital importance that patients have access to people who look like them. Hi, Steph. Thanks so much for joining us. To start, could you explain a bit more about your role and how it works? So my role, as you mentioned, is Chief People Officer at Meridian, and so I'm really responsible for overseeing all aspects of human resources. That includes talent acquisition, employee retention and engagement, compensation, benefits, and company-wide learning and development. A typical day in the life for me, it kind of bounces around. You know, we're a very fast-growing company, as you probably learned from Nikki in a previous podcast, but we have doubled our company size over the past couple of years. So a large part of my day is just helping figure out how to attract the best talent uh, to our organization and how to keep them. So a lot of that is is new initiatives, um, thinking about, you know, how do we revamp our employee feedback? How do we create benefits that are really meaningful to people? For example, uh, we just introduced a volunteer time off program where employees can get four days a year to go volunteer at a nonprofit of their choice. So a lot of it is just building really fun initiatives that are relevant to our culture and our mission, vision and values, as well as some of the other fun stuff like how do we train people to really be successful in their roles? Now, diversity is a word that can be really hard to define. Why is diversity important and what does it mean to Meridian? Yeah, so I think that we as a culture know creating diverse and inclusive environments is important. The problem is that many times we don't know where to start. We don't know what great really looks like or we don't know the pathway to get there. So Meridian, we we really look at inclusion from two main perspectives. One is the area where I spend most of my time, and that's from the employee perspective. The other critical area in research is, of course, the perspective of our study participants. So we have two other primary groups in Meridian that focus on the study participant point of view, and we collaborate very closely together with them to create continuity in our DEI initiatives. I know that you have a strong diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative at Meridian. Could you explain more about your approach to diversity? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been a big focus for us over the past couple years, and we really want to take kind of a three-pronged approach that focuses on employees, focuses on how we expand our sites, and how we engage patients. So when we look at it from the employee perspective, what we know is that diverse teams perform better, and they're more engaged when they have strong leadership. So part of our task is not only to attract and retain a diverse pool of talent, but also to train our leaders to create psychological safety in the teams that they lead. About a year and a half ago, we as a leadership team decided that we needed to have a more strategic plan to ensure we were operating in a way we could be proud of. 
The first aspect of that was putting together a group of our employees that could help us set the course. So we created an application process for employees who wanted to be a part of this committee. And after the committee was formed, we decided that our first task was going to be to poll our employees and find out their opinion of how we were doing as an organization. What we learned through that is that thankfully our employees for the most part felt very safe from discrimination in the workplace. But where we had a lot of neutral scores were in responses to questions about whether employees were clear on Meridian's goals regarding diversity and inclusion. And they didn't always feel we did a great job of communicating our stance. We also learned that employees wanted more training on how to interact with each other and with study participants. And what were your next steps after taking this feedback on board? So our next step was to start talking about DE&I more regularly. Uh, we created a central location where we could push content and begin to roll out regular mandatory and elective training. Uh, this year, we're also in the process of building out more business intelligence tools that will give us real-time visibility to diversity metrics, including things like the racial makeup of our staff and whether we have pay inequities for any particular groups. Um, I mentioned that's a three-pronged approach, so really the second one is the initiative regarding our site expansion. Just this year, we hired a chief strategy officer who oversees a newly formed department specifically handling strategic site expansion. Uh, that newly formed strategic growth and development department focuses on optimizing our growth strategy in a way that addresses the needs and challenges of the industry. A piece of that vetting process includes engaging diverse principal investigators and also selecting communities where we can embed that are more diverse. The third and probably one of the coolest pieces is really the initiative around patient engagement. So one thing that we're so proud of is that we've got a growing patient engagement team that is currently working on a more targeted approach to engaging diverse participants. That team frequently collaborates with community leaders, elected officials, advocacy groups uh, to provide resources and information about our trials. These efforts are to ensure that our studies are as inclusive as possible and represent all populations impacted by a condition or a disease. Could you explain more about the details of this and how it works? Um, one of the other cool things that this team did was create a patient review system called a PRS. It's a proprietary tool and a method for collecting patient feedback and driving continuous improvement. So that team is developing a series of time-dependent surveys with different questions to glean information from patients at various stages of the participation process. So maybe after the first visit or after a year in a study or after the completion of a study. And that feedback really helps us define our internal processes and allows to make changes and improvements where needed. You know, there's some other really cool things about amplifying voices of our participants. So this year, MCR will be conducting monthly one-on-one -on -one interviews with patients. These patient testimonials in written or a video format may be used across a variety of mediums to educate and inspire current and potential study participants, employees, or just the general public. These interviews will represent points of view from all races, ethnicities, gender, ages, and geographic locations. And then, you know, some of the stuff that we've always done is really getting out into our communities. So not just that patient engagement team, but many of our Meridian staff members will participate in a variety of local community events to engage with potential participants and discuss study opportunities. 
things like health fairs, church socials, parades, union meetings, state fairs, athletic events and diversity council meetings, just to name a few. You've got this massive initiative and you must have had a lot of feedback about, you know, how people have responded to it. Um, What do you feel have been the main benefits of the initiative so far? Well, we've got great feedback both on the employee side and the patient side. So, you know, like I mentioned in our first survey that we conducted of our employees, what we learned is that they, our employees didn't know what our stance was. They felt pretty safe, but they didn't know what our stance was as a company. So, you know, just being able to regularly talk about it, let our staff know that these initiatives are going on, create a central location where they can go access, you know, new trainings about things like unconscious bias, So we've received great feedback about our employee-focused initiatives and have used some of our content, like the employee spotlight each month to push publicly through sources like LinkedIn. This has helped us to attract a more diverse pool of talent. And we've just heard great feedback from our employees about seeing better representation in our normal communication. On the patient side, because of our commitment to inclusivity and other patient-focused initiatives. When we think about sites and diversity, we always think about patients. But it's equally important to have diverse staff so patients can relate to people who look like them, so to speak. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I agree that we naturally feel more comfortable, especially when in a marginalized group, if we can see someone else that's like us. We know it's important to have employees who reflect a wide range of demographics for lots of reasons. Statistically, we know diverse teams perform better and are more engaged, but there's a great ripple effect of having a diverse team. And that is that we can appeal to a diverse set of participants. Walking into a study can be anxiety inducing for anyone. When you add in the layer of not knowing if you are psychologically safe because you're in a minority or you've experienced bias, that can be an extra factor preventing someone from participating in life-saving research. So we've got to do what we can to reduce those barriers. When I think about some of the minority groups that experience the most fear, the transgender population comes to mind. Our DNI committee has been having conversations about how to help this population feel safe in research. One of the ideas that we've been exploring is how to include gender identity in our source documents. There's obviously a scientific reason why we would have to capture biological gender at birth in our source documents, but we can also include a question regarding gender identity. Adding that one additional question is a signal to that transgender community and other populations that Meridian and research is a safe space. You mentioned the transgender population. Well, I thought it would be a great opportunity to say that here at TechCro, we are going to release some research we've done on this group. This community has not traditionally had as much attention as others. So it will be really interesting to see the industry response. Moving on to the next question. Now, research naive sites can be a great stepping stone to making sites more diverse. What have you discovered regarding this topic? You know, when we look at going to open a new site, it's always on our mind that, you know, you can achieve some diversity through literally embedding your site into a diverse community. So, you know, that is one way to achieve some more diversity. If that if that particular community um, has the groups that you're targeting or if a particular in our case, maybe PI who are working with has an existing database of patients that we know to be diverse. That can be a really great way to get new and diverse participants involved in research. 
but it's really not the only way. Um, certainly that's one aspect that we're looking at whenever we go to start a new site or grow an existing site. But another way to increase diversity in, in an existing population is to work with different community-based groups. So for example, maybe you know there have been instances where we'll partner with a faith-based group with a particular demographic of patrons. And then we've utilized that religious leader to help educate that particular community. Another example might be finding a community partner in an immigrant population where large cohorts migrate to new locations together. And if you know you can educate a piece of that particular population who's really close with a lot of family members or friends who've migrated, then they help you know educate each other about the importance of research and the safety of participation. That's great. And embedding sites into local diverse communities is an excellent way of increasing education and improving access. Now, if we go back to Meridian's diversity initiative, there may be companies out there who want to introduce a similar project. What advice do you have for them? I think my biggest piece of advice would be don't let the fear of making a mistake prevent you from getting started. I think so many of us fear getting diversity initiatives wrong and that fear ends up preventing us from making any progress. At Meridian, we are so much further along today than we were a year ago, and we still have so much further to go. But every effort that we make matters. So just put one foot in front of the other and you'll find your way. Little steps are often the most important and we can lean on each other in the industry to make progress. We know this progress is so critical to build strong communities, companies, and safe environments that will allow us to move medicine forward through research. It can be really hard to predict the future, but five years from now, where do you see Meridian in terms of diversity? Well, we want our staff and our study participants to be a reflection of our broader national population base. We want to be known as a company that provides a safe and inclusive and equitable environment for all. So in five years, hopefully much less, we expect to have built out tools that give us real-time visibility into our employee and participant demographics. And that visibility will allow us to make swift decisions to rectify inequality. So we know in five years, we're going to be so much further along than we are today. Uh, we're committed to you know, learning and growing every year. And this is something that's going to continue well beyond five years. It's something that we'll be focusing on forever. I love that. And promise you'll come back and give me an update. Oh, gosh, we would love to. I can't imagine in, in just you know a year and a half how much progress we've made is remarkable. Um, I can't even... I can't even imagine in five years what this might look like for us. And that's your dose of Totally Clinical. You can download our podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review so more people can find the show. See you on your next visit and remember to bring your friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.